Welcome to Live with Domrie here at Domrie Healthy and Fit. Today's live podcast is with Elizabeth Scarcella. She is a health expert to help stressed out, ambitious female entrepreneurs release stress, body, mind, and spirit through functional medicine, holistic therapy, and a health coach. Stay tuned for this amazing interview. You're so welcome. Thank you again for coming on today and honoring us with this beautiful hour. So why don't we have you just kind of give us a little rundown about what you do, how you do it, and what actually made you want to become a life coach of healing women through extreme stress in today's world of work, entrepreneurs, to moms, to young teenagers, you name it. Right. So as far back as I can remember, I was anxious. Literally, I, I sort of joke and say I was born anxious, and I really remember being anxious even as a very young girl um, and being put on medication early on. I was put on all types of different types of anti-anxieties as a very young girl, like in grade school. Uh huh. And I knew that it was my job to figure this out and learn how to not be anxious. And I was given a very special gift. So I'm, I'm kind of going to go in a couple different directions and I'm going to coalesce it all together. Perfect. A very special gift when I was young and I discovered that I'm extremely intuitive and People that um, were on the other side, deceased relatives, um, were began talking to me and helping me understand things. And this started happening by the age of five. It might have happened earlier, but I didn't have the language to be able to explain it. Wow. And I started using this information that um, my deceased grandparents would tell me or even ancestors that I had never met. Um, and I knew that there was a spiritual connection to this. And so I went on to learn how to do hypnotherapy, not even knowing that that's exactly what it was called. And um, I knew that I was onto something because I was having non-epileptic seizures very oh. um, in, in high school. I started having them in junior high and continued through high school with these non-epileptic seizures. Um, and this was back in the 80s when they really didn't have all of the MRIs and brain scans and stuff like that that they do now. Yeah. So I was actually waiting for surgery because I was having um, seizures so often. And what, um, and I used hypnosis to stop my seizures. And I can say that since sixth grade, which would in 1981, I have been seizure free. So congratulations. Um, yeah. So I, I started understanding this more and, and I tell this part of the story because because this is how severe anxiety can be. The doctors didn't understand. These brain surgeons couldn't understand why I was having these seizures all of the time. And I mean daily. Not grand mal seizures where I'm convulsing everywhere, but petty mal seizures where I would be awake and all of a sudden I'd pass out. Why that was happening. Wow. We knew it was trauma-induced from a lot of sexual abuse that happened in my childhood. But we didn't know that this is a function of anxiety. And so that takes me to going to school, getting a master's degree in counseling, and going on to get my PhD that I did not yet, I did not finish 
because I was not agreeing with the way that they wanted me to approach my studies whatsoever. They were not mm -hmm. open to a spiritual perspective. They were not open to studying anything that had to, didn't have to do with traditional medicine. And um, so I went on to, to work in corporate America, doing um, counseling there for a number of years, and then I opened up my own practice in 2004. Congratulations. And Thank you. Doing all holistic counseling. So doing hypnosis, doing EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, mm -hmm. doing EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization, and doing a lot of life coaching as well. Okay. And what I and what I gathered from that, from working with hundreds of people, um, is that their anxiety was getting better, but it wasn't getting healed, and nor was mine nor was mine. Here I am knowing everything. I know I've, I've released the trauma of my abuse. I've released the trauma mm -hmm. of childhood crap. I've, I, you know, I'm not upset. I, I have a great life. I, you know, all of these different things. Yet I was anxious all the time. And what I mean by anxious is wake up in the middle of the night, shaking like somebody threw cold water in my face to wake me up or like literally having panic attack for no reason. There was nothing to panic about, and I'm having panic attack. Um, Do you feel, like, can I stop you right there and ask you the question? Because you said at an early age, at five, you started to recognize that you could speak and hear the thoughts of your loved ones past. Do you think the older you got, your there's a part of you that was blocking it, but the anxiety was them trying to talk to you? No. 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 Okay. No, um, I've always had that gift, and I've continued to have that gift. I've used it in my practice. I've used it to help family members and friends um, talk to people that aren't here, usher usher people in, connect to their higher self. I know that the reason why I had anxiety, or ha had, I can say had, anxiety, and so do all of my clients, is there's a physiological cause. Okay. We do not have chronic stress, okay? Chronic stress is when you feel overwhelmed and you can't mm -hmm. sleep at night and you have racing thoughts and then the situation is over and you're okay, okay? Stress is when you could have a glass of chamomile tea or a glass of wine or mm -hmm. something and you can feel better, that you take a bath and you feel better. Okay. That's stress. Anxiety is everything seems right in your life, and you are having physiological symptoms like the like the seizures like racing heart like knowing thinking you have to go to the hospital because you think you're having a heart attack uh -huh. when actually it's a panic attack when you're having crazy pms symptoms and you've gone to gynecologists and they're telling you that you're okay you've gone to neurologists because your fingers and toes are completely um tingling all the time and you're sure that you've had a stroke or are going to have a stroke. These are symptoms of anxiety and there's a physiological cause for it and that is what I went to work on healing for myself 10 years ago and now do it for other people. And that's, that's my favorite about is first healing the physiological cause. Then we get to the mindset because yeah. how the heck are you supposed to think something new when your brain chemistry keeps can't hold the thought because it's off balance, right? So we true. Need, we so need true. That. So then once we heal 
the body and then we heal the mindset, that's when we can get into the spiritual work and really be able to see who we are and, and connect to our higher self. That's amazing. That yeah. That's just like, that's like a one doctor in all. Well, I'm basically. not a doctor. I'm not You're a not doctor. a doctor, but I'm, you I'm, are I'm, teaching. My husband's a physician and I'm managed and supervised by a medical <laughs> doctor. But me and myself, I'm not a doctor. I'm just an anxiety expert in moving yeah. forward and living your best life that you possibly can. Yes. And helping yeah. others do that as yeah. well. Yeah. Yes. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Wow. So with all of this going on, and that's the career you chose, what was your biggest failure in life? And what have you learned from that, especially becoming an anxiety professional to help others deal with things like that? So let's, let's see what your biggest failure was and how did you learn? And then if you can try to tell me one of your uh, patients how did you help them get through their biggest failure of anxiety and learn? Okay, great. So I'll say that my biggest failure is something I'm still working on constantly, and that is not trusting myself. Ah. Yes. So I have gone down a lot of wrong roads. Yep. Learned the hard way because I did not trust myself. Although I'm intuitive, I still didn't mm -hmm. trust myself. And what I mean by trust myself is I refused to see my good. Ah, all that. I refused to see my goodness. I, um, I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see. That's where the really where this um, spiritual mm -hmm. piece really hits the road, right? Right. It's one thing to how I overcame this. It's one thing to be able to understand the spiritual aspect where others are connecting with me on the other side and it's another to see myself as a spiritual being so that's the biggest wow. lesson that I've had to learn and continue to learn is is that is really how to see myself and then and then in helping and helping other patients it really begins with with them first of all learning how to trust somebody because mm -hmm. they can't trust themselves they're at that point, it's too big of a jump to ask them to trust themselves. So trusting somebody, so showing them that they can trust me and and give them little baby steps of things that I have them do, tips that I have them do in my program that they get all wins so that they begin, so they start off by trusting me. Okay, mm -hmm. it's just like a baby. Like a baby doesn't trust themselves to walk. A baby trusts their mom or their caretaker who's holding their hand. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then if they take a couple steps, then they can trust themselves, right? And then they look over at their mom and they're like, look, I'm doing it, right? <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so that's what this is really all about is, is having them trust me and then mm -hmm. learning how to trust themselves and then getting them to the point that they can really trust their higher self and become even bigger than who they of, of bigger than who they are right now, bigger than what the anxiety allows them to be. I love that. That's amazing. And I love that you um, you spoke the truth about your biggest failure was trusting yourself, but you're still learning every single day. And that is actually such a true statement of truth because we think we trust ourselves 
and all of a sudden something occurs in our life or around our life and then we start second guessing ourselves all the time yeah so it is it's being human right and the deeper we go mm -hmm. the more there is to trust right it, right exactly the bigger we grow the more there is to trust is really what i mean to say yes so mm -hmm. so so true what advice would you give to someone um, wanting to pursue a career that is extremely stressful, like yours, and this student just got out of school, college? So, would you, is, yeah, what would you suggest to them of the first steps they should take to go along this path of a career, as the same as yours? Um, you can do it on your own. Do not think... And I'm sorry for all of, and I might be shot down here, um, for all of the people that are licensed and, and, and have to do a thousand hours of practicum, mm -hmm. you can do so much on your own. You really can. You know more than you think you do. Okay. Please use your intuition. I'm not saying there's that, that we don't need and should have licensed professionals that are credentialed. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if that doesn't call to you, don't think that's your only way to help people. There's so Love many that. other help people, right? And you can make it up as you go along. Mm -hmm. If you start out in credentialing and you discover that, that that clinical work in that frame is not for you, that's mm -hmm. not the end. That doesn't mean that has to be the end of your career. And I say this because when I started off my practice in 2004, my business was called Mind Links, your link to okay. excellent thought. I was a mental performance coach mm -hmm. and I was working exclusively with professional golfers traveling all over the country. Then that wasn't working for me anymore. And I owned and I started a, a business that was called the Serenity Space. And all I did was traditional therapy for sexual abuse survivors. Wow. And then I grew out of that and I started let go of IBS as in irritable bowel syndrome. And all I did was the physiological causes of irritable bowel syndrome. And then I went into Go Get Young, which was all anti-aging, and now here I am in Feel Better Today Clinic slash the stress release method. So what I'm saying is please don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. You're growing. This doesn't mean you've changed your mind. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fail. It means you're growing, and it's time for you to expand yourself. I love that because I feel that a lot of the young Actually, I'm not going to designate one age, but today, the young millennials are kind of lost. They don't really know what they want to do, how to get there. They want the quick fix. There is never a quick fix in anything in life. And how you said you started one career and then it moved to the next career and then to the next career you can continue to change your focus in your career life. That you need to love what you do in life to be successful. And what you love right now is not what you're gonna love five years from now. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. That was an amazing answer. I loved that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, who are the three people in your life that were most influential to you? It could have been a teacher, your mom, a cousin, who were they? So 
One was a teacher in grad school named Gary Evans, and mm -hmm. he believed in me. It's actually where I started grad school. I was in my bachelor's degree, and this was during the middle of the Gulf War. I graduated, and I didn't have a job, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And he sought me out, and he had me read um, a couple books and asked me to please do a thesis on them. Wow. Just for free. Okay. I mean, and I wasn't in school. I wasn't enrolled. I was graduated. And he said, I just want to see something. And so I wrote these theses, and he submitted those theses on my behalf to apply for a master's degree program in which I got a full ride scholarship. Congratulations. How amazing so, is that? What I'm talking about not believing in myself. Yes. He believed in me and pushed me in a way that I could have pushed myself. So Incredible. That really was influential in my life. A second one is my grandmother, my mom's mm -hmm. mom. She um, never took no for an answer. I mean, never. <laughs> and did huge things um, with her life. She had a, um, a park, like, dedicated in her name. Um, she oh. lives in Naples, Florida, if anyone knows. Well, she's not alive anymore, but she did. She had a park dedicated in her name. She built a hospital on, on Marco Island. She built the first YMCA in all of Collier County. It makes me cry. Her pictures, it, like the headquarters of YMCA in Collier County, um, as the grandmother of the YMCA. So, yeah, she. It's okay if you cry for that. That's extremely. And, that's that's. And to get this in perspective, she'd be 111 years old right now. Wow. Alive. So this was way back in the day. Um, she was one of the only women to get a tennis scholarship, and this was in the 19, before the 1920s. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, so, so you come from a very long line of very strong women. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. I love that. And I love that your grandmother was a go-getter back then. Yeah, and she was struggling Incredible. with issues, too. She, is, she overcame cancer three times. Oh. She was like with only one kidney for 42 years. She had um, a type of anemia called pernicious anemia, which would just wipe her out all the time. Um, wow. All these major medical conditions, and yet she still did all this stuff. Which I say this because I know that about you. That's why I'm saying this, Don. I, I love that you just brought that up because I, I have to bring up multiple sclerosis um, between myself and everybody else in the world living with chronic illnesses that deal with anxiety and stress and suicidal thoughts and extreme pain of the body that we go through, we still get up and we push forward. And it's it's either you get up or you let the disease win. And you just told us your grandmother lived with half of a, sorry, kidney, kidney and then in diversity of that, years that she was you know raising a family doing her stuff she got her own scholarship she first time ever you know has a park named after her she yes. never gave up she just kept right. going for her dream and yeah. I always say keep inspiring keep moving forward keep keep your vision right here in front of you and share the wealth of your vision yes and so my phone's, that, I wasn't very that's okay um, and that's what you're doing and 
your grandmother is right there with you. I know. I can I can feel her. Um, I I know she's here. I know she's here. I've, I I won't use our time for that, but I've got a lot of stories about. <laughs> well, we're going to have to just do another interview all around that side of you. What ways ways that my grandmother's communicated with me since she's left? Wow, amazing! Yeah, completely amazing. Um, if you could step into your shoes, what would you ask yourself? Why would you have done it, or would you not have done it? Let's let's give you at the age of twenty-two. What were you doing at 22 years of age? And would you step into your shoes at 22 years old and tell yourself, don't do that, or you really need to go to here? So at 22 years of age, I was in grad school, mm -hmm. and my full mission in life was to get married. That's all I cared about Aww. was being married. And it's not like, oh, how sweet. It was I didn't believe in myself enough that I could do well on my own. And and so, you know, here's like the major imposter phenomenon happening. I'm in I'm in grad school with all A's on a full ride scholarship working wow. full time. And I'm thinking my only way to be successful is to marry somebody. So what would and you say to yourself then? I would I would say, you you have what it takes. You have what it takes. Stop looking to others to have you have your own success. You are having your own success, mm -hmm. and what in, in in your success does not need to look like everybody else's success. Just because your friends from high school are getting married and having babies at age twenty-two doesn't mean that you are only successful if you two get married and have babies. When they live in town, still nothing wrong with that, but they chose that, and here I moved away, and I'm doing a whole different life, and still not seeing what I was doing to be successful and instead comparing myself to others. So that's the biggest bottom line is that I would tell my 22 year old self, there's no comparison. Yeah. You are the only one. I love that. I, 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 once again, I applaud you for such an amazing answer back to me because it's so inspiring. And this is what everybody needs to hear. You don't have to be married to become what you want to become. We become what we want to become the minute we can speak, the minute we right. start to have that um, compassion, the minute we start to realize anxiety is one thing, stress is another, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sickness is yet another on top of right. us. And we right. are all that one, I got to remember the name of this man, but it's a famous statue and he's got the world on his back. I don't know what the statue is called. If anyone can like listening can send me the name of that statue, I'd appreciate it. I'm bad. I'm bad at that kind of stuff. Yeah, very but good at history. Sorry. I believe that that's why we all have all of these stressful moments in our life because we feel like we have to carry everybody's stress on our back and figure out what our lives are about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So. So I mean that brings me up to the. I was going to say another answer of what I would tell my 22-year-old self. Yeah. And I'll say that. Um, what is it? Because of what you just said. Is that, or what I would tell the person um, who's starting their career, is that you have your whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, life is short. And yes, you have to take every yeah. every minute and enjoy it. But you have your you have your life. 
Because what I know about ambitious type A women that tend to have anxiety, yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that they want everything done yesterday. Yes. You know, and that and 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 maybe don't take time to think things through and even feel things through. Yeah. Because they really want to check that off their list and say, okay, done. I, I did all that. Okay, so I you can call me a personality. Everyone has ever since I was born. Um but I have managed to get better at it and realize the things that I can control, I do. The things that I can't control, I have to I have to be a duck. I have to let it wash off the back of my feathers and move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's such a balance, isn't it? it? It's a huge balance. And, you know, at our my age, your age, other women that have already gone through that career process, becoming a mom and then being home and all of a sudden all your children are gone, you need to reinvent yourself once again. Right. And, yeah, that's very difficult. But when you believe in yourself and you let go of all of those, what we want to get to next, the anxiety, the stress, the, the oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack because you're letting all right. of these outside influences affect you mentally right. and right. physically. Right. That you end up going on major drugs that actually, I, I'm not I'm not saying anything about pharmaceuticals. I'm just relating to my own personal life at the moment. Well, they sort of make matters worse in a lot of ways. They're a Band-Aid. I, totally. I said it. That's, That's the, the easiest way I can say it. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Right, and right. Exactly. I suffered greatly through way too many Band-Aids in my life. Me, me too. Me too. Me too. I did too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which is why I do what I do now and why I can actually claim that I healed anxiety and I've helped many others heal anxiety, not manage their symptoms. That's, that's just and, incredible. And as, and as a therapist, the best I could have done as a therapist only was help people manage their mm -hmm. symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that. And I didn't want that for me either. I wanted yeah. to be free of anxiety. I, everybody wants to be free of anxiety. So can you give us two tips? For the people watching today that want to, and when the interview is over, that want to come to your page and sign up for your program and have this like quick five minute chat with you so you can get an idea of what they're really looking for yes. and go from there. But what two key things could you tell us today to help manage anxiety, number one, and realize stress is a totally different monster? Okay, so I'm going to answer two before one. So okay. when you have stress and not anxiety, you're, you don't have physio physiological symptoms. Okay. Maybe you have a slight headache or maybe you have a couple sleepless nights. That's stress. Okay, that's when you're getting ready for a presentation or mm -hmm. it's your wedding or you have to see someone you don't want to see and you have butterflies in your stomach. Okay, that's stress. And that's something that we could manage with breathing, um, yeah. calming down our nervous system, and making sure that we have the proper amount of B vitamins in our system, magnesium, and, um, and zinc. That's yeah. what managing stress is about, okay? And, and eating correctly, but even more so, just making sure that you, you got have the right vitamins. The, 
the vitamins that you need so your body can manage the stress. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is quite a different animal. That's when you are having all kinds of physiological symptoms. When you're having all kinds of digestive distress, when you're having constipation and or and or diarrhea, bloating, can't seem to eat, everything upsets you, food allergies, you're having bad periods, you're having acne, you're having brain fog, you're told that you have a thyroid issue, feels like a tiger's chasing you, you can't sleep through the night, um, you want to hide out, you have, you have, mm -hmm. you're afraid of people when you never used to be afraid of people before, your face turns red, you yeah. lose your, you lose what you're saying, and you can't remember what you're saying, you literally feel like someone is out to get you and the boogeyman is a real thing. That's that's anxiety that is anxiety and and a tip to know about how to heal anxiety is you have to heal the physiological cause now while there was an impetus that caused this anxiety such as trauma mm -hmm. it it doesn't just end there unfortunately it goes into a gut reaction and i really mean a gut reaction so yeah. our gut it's, is our second brain and exactly. gut exactly I mean, from your nose down to your anus. Yes, I did say the word anus. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> is, is is your gut, including your liver and your pancreas, as far as I'm concerned, too. Yes, um, exactly. And that is where the dysfunction starts. And until that's healed, you're going to have no chance of healing anxiety. You're only going to be able to manage symptoms. I know this after trying to do this for 30 years for myself and 22 years professionally. Well, I honestly have to tell you, um, you don't know this part about me, but uh, the last two years I have been dealing with so many gut issues and mm -hmm. stress and trauma after writing my first book and um, we didn't know what was going on. I was allergic to the medication they had me on. I blew up with water, like unbelievable. It looked like someone just shot me with a giant gun of water. Um, it, it led me down a road of extreme pain, bloating, looking like I was nine months pregnant, to not being able to eat anything, finding out I had too much flora in my gut because I ate so many things of green for so many years and trained super hard in the gym. Had no idea what was going on. It took two years. Dr. Peters and Jeannie and my neurologist to finally figure it out. And it was to go through so many other test results. I felt like a lab rat again. And during that time, I had to keep telling myself, we're going to get through this. Yeah. I know it's one more step, but we're going to get through this. But during that time frame, I reached my last limits. And we spoke yeah. about this earlier today we did, we did. where the medication was so impactful on me that it put me into such a deep depression of suicide. And yeah, that was a scary moment for me. I am blessed that I'm here. My husband. We are blessed that you are here. Thank you. My husband saved my life. Wow. And this is true. Like people really need to just not take these words and use them as just a word. It's not saying happy. When you say anxiety, it is the mind, the the gut, and everything what is in your that's environment right. and what you are yeah. putting into your body. That's not mm -hmm. just food. That's right. medical inter like 
reactions and, and, and environmental toxins exactly it's all, it's all kinds of stuff because then the gut gets off balance and then it sends the hormones off balance uh, and then it sends the nervous system off balance and you have to start with the gut that's that's my biggest tip you have to start with the gut mm -hmm. you have to start with the second brain or else you're going to have no hope of healing exactly. anxiety exactly so the best way that i always explain it to everyone and i know you probably watch my interviews is you take good care of your car when the oil says we need an oil change mm -hmm. make a list when have you seen the dentist last when have you had your physical last when did you have your colonoscopy when did you go see your your therapist your psychiatrist when did you do this like a list of all the things that this car this moving beautiful car that you live in every day how many times a day do you take care of her yes or I him know. right which we don't do in america because we're all it's too busy trying to do everything exactly. else it's, it's frowned upon you're lazy or you're oh self-care and just and i'm all about self-care and it and it has gotten even better in the last year about me doing self-care for me because the yes. better that i feel the better i feel that i look the more energy that I have, the way that I eat, the way I really respond to my body, the way I communicate to my doctors and, you know, communicate with you as a coach is key to life. It is. It is because, I mean, it, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding trite. It's how are you going to do anything if you're not taking care of yourself? And I mean, there's like said, that's just like so overset and I wish that there was a different, cooler more impactful way that I could say it, but I think it's over said, or maybe not over said, but said over and over mm -hmm. because it is the only way. You cannot take care of enough people to heal yourself. You so cannot true. make enough money to heal yourself mm -hmm. ever. It's not ever going to go that way. It's you looking in the mirror and saying, You, I love you, and yes. these are the steps we need to take exactly. to get you healthy. Yeah, and if you can't say I love you enough to get help, mm -hmm. then find someone that you resonate with yes. that you think can help you see that you love yourself enough, that can love you enough, that mm -hmm. can stand for you enough. I don't mean like it has to be a family member when I say love, but stand for you enough until you can see you so that you can say I love you and I'm going to keep helping myself heal. Yeah, it can just start with okay good morning and then a week later it can be something as simple as you're doing really well this week just little bits of right. reinforcement right. to yourself yep. yes. and then speak to your coach you as the coach of healing anxiety mm -hmm. and stress or speak to whomever your doctors but your doctors work for you I know yeah that is a big misconception that people have right um, I think it's getting better in the in you know the younger generations but so many people I mean I know my mom's generation the baby boomers really really have seen doctors as gods yes and they did exactly what the doctor told them now exactly. it's true I never ever questioned anything but it's true listen to your doctors but question your doctors and that's one thing I did not do on that one key medication that was supposed to be helping me fall asleep 
rejuvenating, getting my brain to relax with my MS. I didn't question the doctor and that was the first time in years that I did not question my neurologist. What are the side effects? Right. What can happen to me? Because I would not allow her to write me any prescription, any interferon drugs, unless I knew what was going on. Right. And that led me down the road that I never want anyone to ever go on, ever. Yeah, and exactly, yeah, totally. Ask questions. Your doctor works totally. for you. You mm -hmm. are paying your doctors to help or your you. Coach. Or your coach. You or know? your coach Whatever. to help Whatever you become a better you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, so now I'm kind of bossy. I'm like, you know what? You didn't give me enough time. And I've been sitting here and drove three hours to get here. So let's go over all of these things. And I want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what I love about my program is all the time that people get, all the coaching that they get, all the accountability they get mm -hmm. so that they're not stuck with their doctor for seven minutes and, you know, once every three months or once every six months. Yes. And then not only that, but what if the doctor doesn't work for you? Like, right. what if it's not a cohesive, you're not, you don't work well together? Yes, exactly. What if you're not resonating with each other? Move forward. Find someone that's going to work better with you. Yes. On a game plan. So yes. how would you tell someone that has signed up for your program how to be a better listener? Because they're going to come into your program and they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with them, right? And then you're going to start to tell them what you need them to do, but then they're not listening to you, which happens all the time. Not as much to me as you might think. And because before they start the program, I really make sure that they understand how important it is for them to be coachable. Doesn't okay. mean that I'm the boss, but I really want to set the framework for them to be able to get everything they can get out of this. And so, um, so what is so the to first answer the question? How how to be how to be a better listener or how to listen or mm -hmm. is is really is to keep your goal in mind. What is your goal? Is your so in the, in the case of what of my practice, right, my patient's goal or my member's goal is to be free of anxiety and, and then they know very specifically what that looks like, whether they're having panic attacks or they have social anxiety or whatever it happens to be, right? Right. So, I, so when you can keep your goal in mind and literally have it top of mind, have it written down, it lends yourself, you lend yourself to being a better listener because the goal becomes or commitment becomes more important than the mood. So I would say this happens in relationships too, right? What keeps a relationship going? And you could tell me way better than I can tell you, given that you are going to be celebrating 30 years of marriage. 30 years, years of marriage this September, yes. And we've so been maybe, together for 32 years, yes. That's amazing. Thank so you. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can tell me if this resonates in, in marriage sure. as well. Well, I mean, I'm married, but in your marriage, <laughs> is that that the when your commitment is greater than your current mood, because I'm sure that there has been times 
for all of us, whether we've been married or we're trying to start a business or run mm-hmm. a marathon mm-hmm. or do something that we want to quit. We're, yeah. we're over it. Right? Yes. But it's the commitment that is stronger and bigger than the mood that you're in right now. And so that's how I say that people can become better listeners is keep in mind what your commitment is, not what your current mood is. Moods and feelings change all of the time. Exactly. Like split seconds of a time. Right, exactly. <laughs> so when someone doesn't want to listen, I I guess I would tell them and I like I said, I, I really pride myself in in really um, setting the foundation so people can become very successful from the start in my program mm-hmm. is and I'm not saying that I have nobody that doesn't, that I've always had people that listen, but for a majority, everyone is because I really remind them of what their goal is. We talk about their goal and their commitment all the time. Yes. Yeah. So true. And marriages start off young and blissful and romantic. And, you know, the older you get, like your jobs, the more that you change and develop. Well, a marriage needs to be the same thing. It's going to change. You're going to deal with extreme stressful situations, whether it's between the two of you deciding on a simple thing of a couch or the color of a wall to family members from coming in from outside telling you, oh, you got to do it this way. And this is how we did it. And da, 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 that's a lot of stress. Right. Which then in turns to, if you don't deal with the stress, you became, you start to become with the anxiety ridden sickness of I'm not being heard. Exactly. And the best thing I would say to people getting married or people that are married that are struggling right now um, is sit down, write down what is important to you in the marriage what you feel is not working in the marriage and then compare notes and then let each other speak yeah because what i say he can pick up how my tone is in a negative way when i don't believe i'm being negative what he says to me in a tone or a look i could pick up as a negative when he's basically just saying, you look beautiful, but is it the the look? Yeah, right, oh, exactly. Yeah, you look pretty. You look, okay, yeah, right. you look beautiful, right? So we interpret things, we do. but it's truly not the way each other is trying to make each other feel. But when you keep that open communication, which I did not do in the early years, I held everything in and all of a sudden I was a ticking time bomb. And I would blow up, God bless Robert, I would blow up at him and bring up stuff from years past. And the poor man would be like, oh my God, <laughs> like, where is this coming from? I had to learn yeah. to recognize I'm a fight or flight. And I didn't know that until, ten, until a few years ago. And all of that type of behavior unknowingly wrecks havoc in your body. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this leads to true anxiety and not just stress. Yes. But when we learn to communicate and listen more before responding, that's yes. the key. Yes, definitely. And sometimes it's okay to 
to give up and let them win. As oh, long, yeah. As yeah. long as you get a win as well. Exactly. Right. Yes. And I meant give up, like, abandon ship and say goodbye. I mean, that kind of give up, not not a small battle that you choose to lose for the greater good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking why people would leave relationships because, and yeah, walk yeah, out or, 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 or any goal that you have really. So true. So I can say, um, I think Robert and I are one of the last to still be together out of most of our friends when we got married or one wow, of the that's last. Great. That's great. Um, and it's not that I didn't try and true and try to push them away and I was angry or whatever. And MS screws with your brain and your emotions and everything going on. And he was the rock. That's amazing. So blessed. He, he was the rock and he's still the rock. But I've started to notice in the new years that we've been in that I've become the rock. And... I love that he leans on me and I love that we speak every night about our days and we've learned to listen to what each other is saying. That's so amazing. It's so true to really listen to what you need to be able to help somebody else. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, God and bless you, Robert. And if you don't and if you don't have that inside of a intimate relationship, mm -hmm. then you need to find that from someone. From someone, a girlfriend, or a doctor, a life coach, um, your mm -hmm. therapist, but then right. learn how to take those tools and don't throw the relationship away unless it's a harmful relationship. Right, right, exactly. And yeah. you are in danger. Find help. Totally. If it's destructive, if it's a mental destruct destruction in the marriage or a friendship or a job, find yes. help. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so let's get on a little bit of a happier note. Okay. Uh, that was happy, and, you know, I'll praise Robert to the end. <laughs> Even when I yelled at him, slamming doors, <laughs> he was just, okay, she needs some time to take a break. Yes. Um, so hail Robert. <laughs> hail Robert, yes. Um. Who do you most admire in life? Um, God. Thank you. For real. Thank you. I hesitated because I didn't know if I should say that. Not because it was, I had to think about it. Um, I found that, well, as we said, people... People fail or people mm -hmm. let us down, whether they really let us down or not. Our interpretation is that they let us down, right? Right. And so, and so, but there's one being that never lets us down, never lets us down. Mm -hmm. and, and you're, so I know, yeah, I know not everybody, um, you know, and God can be whatever you want it to be for you. Thank you. And, and through the years, it's kind of, it's changed and more for me, my relationship with, my higher power has changed and morphed, um, mm -hmm. but consistently that's been the biggest influence in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I've turned to him so many times, and there's times I'll have to admit that I walked away from him mm -hmm. because of everything I was going through. Right. But right. 
he's always been there. Mm-hmm. And everyone's God is different. Everybody's God is different. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what are your top three favorite books that you would suggest to anyone in the world that is a must read? Okay. Psycho Cybernetics. Oh. That's a very, very, very old book. Um, and what is it about? The way people behave. Ah. Uh, okay. And it's tried and true. Tried and um, true. Yep. So it's great for people in business. It's great for people in in relationships and parenting. It's really just understanding the motivation behind human behavior. Okay. So it's one of the original books about um, human behavior. So a lot of the authors that we have now are have taken information from psycho cybernetics because it gets passed down over time. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like the book um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You know, there's been thousands upon thousands thousands maybe millions of books written about about money mindset and law mm-hmm. of attraction. Mm-hmm. And yet they're kind of all based off of the number one the the original which is you know um Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So psycho-cybernetics psycho is like that same type of thing. So exactly. that's that's one of my books. Um, and then another one is by Wayne Dyer, and that is called There's a Spiritual Solution for Every Problem. I really, really love that book a lot. Spiritual, I'm sorry, there's say that a, one again. There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem by Wayne Dyer. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that one up. That's and then a the first really one. good one too. Yeah. Yeah, psycho cybernetics. Um, psycho cybernetics for sure is on audiobook, which is how I like to read it. Okay. And yeah. then the third book, you know, it's I can't choose that because it depends on what's going on with me. So it's sort of revolving. Like I'll have a favorite book, and then and then that season of my life changes, and that's no longer applicable. So. And that's a hard one to answer. Okay. Um, right now, right now, my third favorite book is called The Alter Ego Effect. I have heard of that book, but I have it's not purchased it yet. By Todd Herman, again, on audiobook, which I recommend because there's a lot of extra things. So um, Alter Ego Effect is really good. But if you asked me last year, I would say The Anti-Anxiety Cookbook. <laughs> and if you, you asked me the year before, I would say... Um, Beyond the Pill by Jolene Brighton, who is a functional gynecologist. So it depends what's okay. going on wow. in my life. <laughs> yeah, I get but that's right, true. Right now, it's alter ego effect. Alter ego, and then um, Arizona Living Well just said W Dyer is a is so, so great. W oh, Dyer, yeah, and so alter ego effect. Yeah, the the alter ego effect by Todd Herman. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to have to put those on my list um, for more reading and research. Um, Yes. And then we have Christopher talking about still going, Jesus Christ Lady. What? I don't know what that was. Did you catch that one? It just, I lost it on the screen. I prefer not to talk about that. Um, Okay, so great. Thank you, Arizona, for those 
tips yes. on the books. Um, what are you most afraid of? Really, truly? Yeah. Being alone. Aww. Being alone. Yeah. Abandonment. Rejection. Through all these years, through all of the work that I've done, um, it's really my biggest fear in where I'm heading is to what I call um, emotional sovereignty. So okay. emotional so emotional sovereignty is where I care about other people deeply, but nothing they do or say affects me whatsoever. So therefore I would have no fears because the fears you know, fears typically come from what is going on with somebody else, what what we we think, right? I mean right. we have our own fears, but they always stem from another person. Even if we fear feel feel we're gonna fail, it's because our mom or our sister, our coach, or our dad told us, right? But if we become emotionally sovereign, yeah. then nothing that anybody says or does can have any negative impact. And we can just really be detached with love to hear that and be what I call the compassionate observer. So that's something that I'm working towards and, and really promote inside my program as well. And it's a journey. It's mm -hmm. a journey. You're never there. You're just one step closer and as you think you arrived at the pinnacle then you grow more yes that's because, so you know, true that was can you say that again because i think everybody really needs to hear that. that the pinnacle of growth is to just realize where you're at right exactly in the moment it's in the moment, so that's why I can't yeah. say it again, because I was in the moment. <laughs> it was amazing, and it's recorded, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what are your strongest qualities? Because when we first started the interview, you shared with us, at the age of five, you realized you had a special gift. Mm -hmm. um, then you knew in college that you did not want to get that degree because of the way they were teaching you and you thought you needed to learn in a different perspective. So that shows entrepreneurship, leadership, self-awareness, a mm -hmm. strong woman. Right, right. Okay. I see you, Arizona. Yes, compassionate observer. That's right. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have to be compassionate observers in life. We really, really do. Um, but not until you're emotionally sovereign. You cannot be a compassionate observer if you're still dealing with your own emotions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if this isn't something that's wrong with people or you didn't arrive there. It's just a true fact. It really is. And I yeah. think that when you want to be a compassionate observer, uh, sorry, observer, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you, it's because we truly want to help, but right. we cannot help until we self-diagnose. And if we can't self-diagnose, we need the help of spiritual coaching, life right. coaches, um, right. professors, um, books help us heal. Right. Reading other people's journeys help us heal. Um, truth and continuing yes. to move forward. Right. So um, when I said to you, what are you most, um, what was your strongest oh, quality? My, 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 so I think, yes, I definitely am strong 
And yes, I'm definitely mm, open-minded and different things like that, but I'm moving again because of the light, and I know this is probably unprofessional, but this is what happens when you work at home, you're not in a regular <laughs> office. That's okay. Um, is, is my biggest strength, I give a shit. I really, 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 really care. I love that. That's why my program is small and intimate, and I don't have a lot of people in it at one time. Um, it's a three-month program, and you get a lot of time with me and a lot of time with your, with the small group members that you're paired with because I really care, and I think that that's the thing that was really missing for me in particularly traditional medicine is I didn't yeah. feel like they really cared, and I don't mean to diss it. I'm married to a traditional doctor, so um, and he does really care. He's one of the few that I've seen, especially in his field, he's an emergency room doctor, but is that I really care. Like, you need to connect with Arizona because her husband is also in the medical field and in emergency. As, oh, wow. Yes, How so cool. you two need to connect. Okay, um, Arizona. Yeah, we <laughs> um, With that being said, we've got about two minutes before Instagram cuts us off. Okay. So, um, how do people find me? How do yes. people find me? So okay. you can go to um, your Instagram. So it's at Elizabeth. Yep, it's up there on the top, yep. at Elizabeth Scarcella. Mm -hmm. My name's, you can see it right up there. And then yeah. your website is in your link tree, correct? Uh, I don't have a link tree, but what I, what I think the easiest way um, for people to connect is with the website that is in there, and that will give you a free guide. And it's mm -hmm. called the four surprising ways to release anxiety that nobody is talking about. And some yeah. of the stuff that we talked about today is in there in much um, greater depth. So I'd love for you guys to have that guide. So just go to yeah. my page and then um, just click on that and you'll get the guide. And That would be perfect. Yes. Yeah, that would be perfect. And then after this interview, when I log it in onto Instagram, it will give you everything about Elizabeth that you need to know and where to find her and move on over and show her some love as well as if you're feeling that anxiety, let her help you help yourself to deal with moving forward in life. Yes, so that we can... Yeah, and book a free DM, a, a five-minute DM. Yeah, a yeah. five-minute DM, just like we're doing right now, so you can just kind of get that one-on-one -on -one connection with her, book yes. it through her, and then yep. go from there. But, yes. Elizabeth, thank you so oh, very much. You. This has been amazing, really amazing. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. And I'm so intrigued. I'm going to call you after this because I want to know more. <laughs> and Good. let's do a follow-up a month yes, from now that. and that. see how things that. are doing because okay. these are subjects we really need to continue to talk about and really get it out there. Yes, and I can't wait to connect with you, Arizona Living Well. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's one of my dear friends. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, live in, I live in Southern California. We're neighbors. They live in Palm yes. Springs. Yeah. Oh.